Talk Radio. Between 1959 and 1961, under Mao Zedong, China starved an estimated 30 million Chinese people. Mao's official goal was to quickly evolve China from a rural economy into a modern industrial society. 63 years later, after decades of industrialization aided by burgeoning world government, think tanks, and Kissinger acolytes, Mao's second coming, China's Xi Jinping, is taking a giant leap into sovereign nations across the globe. The United States must make sure that we do not have a peer competitor for our security. Think about what this means. This is a brutalist philosophy. If they actually appear to be succeeding, regardless of their beliefs, we must stop them, even if it means pushing them back toward poverty. I don't mean this question cynically or sarcastically, but what's wrong with that? We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. Meanwhile, the borders are flooded with an occasional Chinese female, the uniquely rare Chinese child, and horde upon horde of Chinese military-aged males. Are they simply Chinese special recon teams? China. China. San Vicente, first of all, it's not a town. This is a camp that is built as a transit camp. And... It is almost entirely Chinese. They are the opposite of forthcoming. And I've been to dangerous places before. I've been to places where people fear their government and can't talk to you because they feel it's not safe. This didn't feel like that at all. This felt like people who did not want to share information because it would be a mistake to do so. I spoke with the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, Mark Green, and he told me, yes, he believes Xi Jinping is directing these people to come to America and perhaps act as saboteurs when Beijing uh, directs them to do so. In the fiscal year uh, 2023, you've got 24,000 Chinese nationals having been apprehended. That compares to just 2,000 people in 2022 and just 342 in 2021. So clearly Beijing sees the weakness in the White House as an opportunity to storm America, send these folks in here, and we don't know what their motivations are. According to CCP textbooks, there is a tactic known as the armed work team behind enemy lines, a team that, under the leadership of CCP, goes deep into enemy-occupied areas to carry out armed, military, economic, and organizational construction behind enemy lines. Additionally, the FBI and the Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, meekly published joint guidance on how to live off the land. To live off the land is a term regarding the sabotage of network routers utilizing botnet attacks designed to give Chinese attackers persistent access to the critical infrastructure. Before the first shot is fired in a war on Asia, they're just going to turn off the lights, turn off the water, shut off the gas. Nothing in the U.S. will work. Just after he was elected, but before he took office, they had that famous lecture by a guy named Di Dongchong, yep. a famous academic. He yep. said, we own the White House. When Biden gets back into the Oval Office, we're going to determine American policy yeah. at the highest level. If you took every single one of the FBI's cyber agents and intelligence analysts and focused them exclusively on the China threat, 
China's hackers would still outnumber FBI cyber personnel by at least 50 to 1. We found out that the Chinese spy balloon was using an American internet provider to send burst transmissions encrypted back to China, what they were finding around our nuclear facilities. As the Biden administration crumbles, national security must be addressed post-haste by any remaining patriotic elements within America's military brass. Time and investigations will tell if Biden did the unthinkable, allowing Chinese biowarfare to eliminate U.S. citizens, followed by aiding enemy recon by Chinese spy balloons that revealed vulnerable military targets. The president ordered the Air Force to shoot it down as soon as it reached the Atlantic Ocean. What were the orders? To shoot down a balloon six miles off the coast. And allowing the CCP to position their soldiers within key choke points of critical infrastructure within... Harrison Smith presents War Room on InfoWars. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the War Room, InfoWars.com, band.video. Please do share those links, whether you're joining us on those sites or on Rumble. However, you have found your way around the censorship blockade. Congratulations, you are here. Another day, another slew of absolutely insane news. I died. Where where to even begin? Obviously, we have the Russian space nukes issue. Alex Jones just filed a pretty long report on that. In fact, we might want to go to that a little bit later, uh, if the guys can pull that in. About a nine-minute dissertation on the existence of Operation Excalibur, Project Excalibur, nuclear-powered lasers from satellites. It's an interesting, it's interesting what you're allowed to believe these days. Jewish space lasers, that's an insane conspiracy. Russian space nuke lasers, well, that's a concern. It's a major concern, and it just so happens to arrive at this moment of decision as the American Congress determines whether or not to send another $60 billion to the boondoggle in Ukraine. And we'll get into what's going on in Ukraine here a little bit later as Russia seems to seems to be coming to terms with the reality that this war is not going to end anytime soon. They've offered peace deals. They've been scuttled. They've been purposefully shot down, not by Ukraine, but by the masters, the puppet masters that are controlling Ukraine. It's happened again, and basically Putin is saying, all right, if you're not going to If we can't settle this diplomatically, I guess we'll just keep going. I guess we'll just create a buffer zone where we'll take out some strategic points in order to establish a sort of buffer zone around the oblast, the domains that they've already captured. So we'll get into that. We'll get into why this this suicidal drive towards Russia is what our New World Order leaders have uh, decided we have to travel down but that's just the very beginning that's just the tip of the icebergs we have so so many things to get into from crime obviously the shooting at the super bowl parade in kansas city missouri we'll talk about not just that 
how we got here, who the suspects are, why we aren't hearing too much about them, the inevitable, infuriating, and at this point, annoying calls for gun control that seem to follow every mass shooting that could have been prevented with a little bit of basic law enforcement. And we'll talk about the wider specter of crime and how it's being dealt with across America. We also have a lot of health news to get into. I think we will start with the the Russian space laser whatever. Whatever the PSYOP is they're trying. The weapons of mass destruction that we have to look for in space now, I guess. So they're, they're somewhere in space. There's a few reasons why this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, when Alex Jones breaks it down, it makes sense because you have this program that's not its not a nuclear weapon as you might typically understand. It's a nuclear-powered laser weapon. Chase Geyser, of course, is hosting American Journal this morning, and we did the roundtable on the Alex Jones show. I think he had a good reading of it, which was that this is about maneuvering NATO into a position where it can claim that Russia is violating a treaty from 1967 that bans nuclear weapons in outer space. So if you can claim that Russia has nuclear weapons in outer space, you can claim they violated a treaty, and you can progress us towards open, direct conflict with Russia, which is obviously their ultimate goal. I think that's a pretty good reading of this situation. But there are some things that, to me, and I, I always try, whether it's a geopolitical situation like this or a conspiracy theory about 9-11 or whatever. You try to put yourself in the mindset of the people on the other side. And you think, okay, would this be worth it? How would I pull this off if I were them? You know, for 9-11, for example, there are some pretty out there theories about planes landing and, and the people being taken off them and then the planes that hit the towers being holograms and like all this complicated stuff. And when I think about that, if I'm thinking about the situation from the perspective of the people pulling off this attack, I think that's it's not worth it. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm just going to slam a plane into the building. That's 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 actually the easiest way to go. Why introduce all of these fail point potential fail points in your plan when you can just fly the plane into the building? Right. So when you look at the Russia nuke in space situation, I think a couple things. First of all. It would be something that it would be very difficult to keep hidden. After all, you can detect nuclear material. If you have nuclear material in space where other satellites can be scanning and and detecting these things, hard to hide something in the vacuum of space. Also, not necessary because there's this technology referred to as rods, the the rods of God, which is a a well-known and and pretty old at this point technology where essentially you have tungsten rods that are about a foot by about 100 feet. And if you drop them from space, they impact the Earth with such devastating velocity that it's the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. So again, I just asked myself, okay, if I want a a weapon in space, am I going to have a nuclear weapon that's extremely difficult to build, extremely difficult to make work correctly, that could be detected, that would be in violation of a treaty. Why would I do all of that when I could just send up a 
metal rod, just a literal, simple, uncomplicated stick of metal and have essentially the same effect. One reason that you would want to have nukes is because you can detonate nukes in the upper atmosphere and create an EMP electromagnetic pulse that wipes out electronics over a wide area. But also Russia has incredibly advanced, more than anybody else in the world has, hypersonic missiles that can travel in Mach 9 and can't be stopped and are as effective as any weapon from space would be. They're unstoppable. They can deliver warheads. Why worry? Why mess with things in satellites in space when you have ground launch or submarine launchable missiles that can't be stopped and can hit your targets all over the world. So again, there's a lot of things that it's like, uh, why would they have why why would they have nukes in space? This just doesn't comport. There's actually a story from last year, August of 2023, talking about China's hypersonic hypersonic tungsten rod experiment challenges the U.S. rods from God space weapon concept. A scientific experiment that suggests kinetic energy space weapon uh, may not be as effective as. Uh, previously thought, but still more or less as powerful as a nuclear weapon. So again, these these are just these are just some thoughts about immediate suspicions I have about the the claims that were made yesterday about nuclear weapons that Russia has in space. Some other things about this. Obviously, Trump was right about having a space force. A lot of people wrote a lot of headlines about Trump being really dumb when he came to space, uh, the Space Force. Headlines, Trump's stupid Space Force idea is dumb. Well, not so much anymore, I guess. So Trump was right, and they can feel free to admit that whenever they want. Another thing is that satellite, our satellite infrastructure as it exists is actually extremely vulnerable. So there's some speculation about, you know, maybe this could be a space weapon that could disable satellites. Well, satellites can be disabled from Earth's atmosphere, whether from missiles launched from the ground or uh, they've actually done tests and there's really cool imagery of it, fighter jets that actually get extremely high into the atmosphere and then can target satellites like they target an enemy aircraft. So there's ways to destroy satellites without putting things in space. And there's also, I've heard this. I talked a little bit about it on the space this morning on American Journal, but a couple years ago, before long before I worked at InfoWars, I was talking to a guy who builds satellites and had contracts with the DOD, and he actually was in the process of making 3D printed solid state rocket engines, which were really cool. It was printed out of the fuel itself, actually. So it was like solid fuel You'd print the rocket and determining on how you printed it, it would determine how fast and how far the rocket would go. Pretty cool stuff. So, you know, high level futuristic engineering technology. And this guy told me that if you had uh, about a a dumpster full, like a about a ton of ball bearings, you could basically wipe out every satellite in orbit because there's something called. I think it's called uh, cold welding. There are some other terms too, but essentially in the va- in a vacuum like space, in a vacuum of space, assuming that it exists, assuming that we're not, uh, you know, assuming that the Earth isn't flat and that space does in fact exist, that we're taking that as a, as an assumption as we talk about all this. <laughs> well, in the vacuum of space, if two metals 
of the same type touch each other, they become fused together. So there's a there's a, a friction when you're in an atmosphere on Earth uh, that stops the molecules of the metal actually from binding together. But in space, there's an absence of that. And so metals, when they touch each other, actually bind together. So if you were to just release essentially ball bearings of aluminum or whatever else satellites are made out of, uh, you could basically disable every satellite in orbit and they would just spread naturally in the orbit at the level that satellites operate at. So the the infrastructure of satellites and, and spacecraft is pretty vulnerable and it doesn't require a super sophisticated weapon system if the tar- if the idea was to take these things out. So these are just my thoughts. These are just my first blush thoughts about uh, the, the, the Russia space program fear-mongering that took place yesterday. War. And have Americans just like goldfish can't remember 10 seconds ago and just fall for it again. I don't get it. I don't understand. How, how what price do we have to pay? Is a trillion dollars not enough? A million dead people not enough? America's reputation destroyed overseas, Afghanistan collapsing back into the control of Taliban after all of the money and all of the weapons and all of the chaos and murder that we've brought there. What has to happen for people to go, all right, this time I'm going to need a little bit more proof. This time I'm not just going to give you absolute permission to launch another war. But it seems like we're in this cycle again and people are just suicidally gullible. They just can't help themselves. And we know why. We know exactly why. It's because the psychological program that's being run invokes fear to circumvent the logical part of the brain. So you actually are reducing humans to an animal-like flight or fight response where they cannot think logically or reasonably about the information that they're getting. They just want to do something. And by do something, I mean get us into another senseless pointless, expensive, murderous war. So those are my thoughts on that. Now, when it comes to what's happening in Ukraine today, Gateway Pundit has the story. Cut in half by Russians, Avdivka is reinforced by Ukraine Nazi Azov Battalion. Massive missile strike on reinforcements causes some defenders to withdraw. The heavily fortified frontline town of Avdivka Split in two by Russian forces, witnesses some of the Ukraine defenders begin to retreat of some areas to a more favorable position. And again, there's been there was sort of a pause in Ukraine where Russia had largely achieved its territorial goals. They had fortified and reinforced the areas of Ukraine that they were laying claim to. And they offered a peace deal and it was agreed to by the Ukrainians, and then Boris Johnson got involved and shot it down. And then there was the Ukraine counteroffensive, which took place over the last year and utterly failed completely and embarrassingly. And now it seems like Putin is ramping up the war machine again. Basically, he's going, okay, if you're not going to negotiate a settlement, if we aren't going to end hostilities here, then I need to create a buffer zone. I need to get rid of these strategic areas right on the border of the the land that we've conquered. And so he's moving forward. So all of this was avoidable. All of this could have been avoided 
before it ever began by actually treating Russia like a nation state worthy of respect and not encroaching on their border, not overthrowing the Ukrainian government, not getting involved surreptitiously in the overthrow of the duly elected president and installing a puppet president. We could have never done that. Once that happened, we could have not supported the bombing campaign against Donetsk and other places that were not happy with the coup that happened. It could have been avoided before it ever began. Once it began, it could have been ended early in 2022. It could have ended again in 2023. And time and time again, American NATO influence has prevented peace from coming about. And so now, as the Ukraine counteroffensive killed or brutally injured God knows how many hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians and achieved nothing, well, now Putin is going back on the offensive and we'll see where it ends. But Reuters published this a few days ago. Putin's suggestion of Ukraine at ceasefire rejected by United States, sources say. Russian President Vladimir Putin's suggestion of a ceasefire in Ukraine to freeze the war was rejected by the United States after contacts between intermediaries, three Russian sources with knowledge of the discussion, told Reuters. The failure of Putin's approach ushers in a third year of the deadliest conflict in Europe since World War II and illustrates just how far apart the world's two largest nuclear powers remain. U.S. source A U.S. source denied there had been any official contact and said Washington would not engage in talks that did not involve Ukraine. Putin sent signals to Washington in 2023 in public and privately through intermediaries, including through Moscow's Arab partners in the Middle East and others, that he was ready to consider a ceasefire in Ukraine, Russian sources said. Putin was proposing a freeze to the conflict at the current lines and was unwilling to cede any of the Ukrainian territory controlled by Russia, but the signal offered what some in the Kremlin saw as the best path forward to peace of some kind. The contacts with Americans came to nothing, a senior Russian source with knowledge of the discussions in late 2023 and 2024 early 2024, told Reuters on condition of anonymity. A second Russian source with knowledge of the contacts told Reuters that Americans that the Americans told Moscow via the intermediaries that they would not discuss a possible ceasefire without the participation of Ukraine, and so the contacts ended in failure. A third source with knowledge of the discussion said everything fall, fell apart with the Americans. The source said that Americans did not want to pressure Ukraine. I don't know why not. I don't know why you wouldn't want to pressure the country that's losing the war to perhaps mitigate losses, call it quits, and save the remnant of the generation that they've more or less eliminated in that country. But it's because it's not not anything to do with Russia. It doesn't have anything to do with Ukraine. It doesn't have anything to do with what's best for Ukraine or the Ukrainian people or Ukrainian sovereignty or democracy or any of the very surface level shallow talking points that were given to justify this horrible war no they want war with russia they want russia destroyed they want regime change in russia they don't like putin being in charge they don't like russia being an outlier of the global system in fact we just have time to go to colonel douglas mcgregor an interview that he did explaining why the powers that be so hate the russian state clip number four and remember, the globalist elites rule in Europe just as they rule here. And they've all gotten where they are with the aid and assistance of enormous quantities of money. Because the people that control your financial markets and financial institutions, the people that control your mainstream media, 
they now control your governments. And they don't represent the interests of any of the Europeans, and I would argue of most Americans. They represent their own interests, and their agenda is to destroy Russia. Now, why? Well, they'd like to replace Putin because Putin presides over the last major power in Europe, and it is part of Europe, that has uh, a national identity, a national language, a national culture that Mm -hmm. rests on the foundation of Orthodox Christianity. That makes Russia the enemy of the globalists. What have the globalists done to us? What have the globalists done to the people in Western and much of Europe? Well, they flooded our countries with non-Europeans with the specific goal of diluting us, weakening us, destroying our national identity, eliminating our national culture, certainly expunging any remain remaining power that Christianity may wield culturally inside the West. And they want to do that to Russia because Russia has a bonus resources, enormous resources, mineral resources, agricultural resources, and obviously oil, gas, and many other rare metals. These things are also at the top of the agenda. So if you can destroy the Russian government, if you can remove Putin, if you can get into Russia, you can strip it of its resources and enrich yourself that much further than you've already done by your behavior over the last several, I would argue, decades. So that's where we are, and that's why Russia has to go. Russia's holding out. And this does have to do with the Orthodox Christian uh, nature of Russia, and we'll get into that a little bit more on the other side. So I think it might have to do with a uh, prophecy that I've talked about for the last couple of years. Hello, Americans. I want to share with you a story, a story about inflammation, the silent menace that lurks within our bodies, affecting our health and well-being. Inflammation, the root cause of countless ailments, quietly wreaking havoc over time. Long-term exposure to inflammation has been linked to a myriad of health issues, from heart disease to arthritis, even cognitive decline. But fear not, for there's a beacon of hope found in the wisdom of nature, a remedy that has stood the test of time, turmeric. And now I present to you Baudis from InfoWarsStore.com, a powerful blend crafted with precision, boasting 95% curcuminoids extracted from turmeric. It's good for your heart, your brain, everything. It is 40% off, back in stock, Baudis Ultimate Turmeric Formula, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Can't help but feel like we're just in not. Not a single endless cycle, but like a cycle of cycles. We're in this rock tumbler of insanity continuously. It's a little bit overwhelming sometimes. So we're going to continue to talk about Russia. But all right, That's one of them, is the fabricated threat from overseas. That means we have to spend tens of billions of dollars and start wars 
and everybody just falls for it. It's like, oh my God, we have to do this again. We have to argue about this again. Again, we're going to tell you the truth. You're going to say that we're Russian puppets, and then what, 10 years, a million people, and a trillion dollars later, you'll admit that we're right. We have to, again, we have to do this again. Okay, great. And then there's the crime, the horrific crimes, where it's just like every couple of days there's some mass shooting, and there's calls for gun control. Then there's another one the next day. Yesterday was, was like a, it's like we have all these different cycles. Some, some operate a little slower and some are a little quicker. Then every once in a while on a single day, you'll have all the cycles lining up and you get all of this insanity all at once. So yesterday was one of those days. And we'll get into the shooting in Kansas City, the paucity of information about it. And then today I'm like sitting in the Alex Jones studio doing the roundtable during one of the commercial breaks to bring up Twitter. First thing that pops up, smoke fills DC Metro station, fire crews investigate cause. There's like smoke billowing out of this train station in DC. Not sure if I put the video in there or not, but just like, okay, so there's like a bombing or a train derailment. Basically just our cities are collapsing. Our cities are collapsing basically. So I guess that's another cycle to endure. But it just goes, it just goes on and on and on and feels totally overwhelming. And I think the reason it feels overwhelming is because obviously the crises are largely manufactured. They're largely the consequence of choices that are being made by the people in charge. And we seem incapable in America of getting to the root of the issue and actually solving the problems at their basis rather than treating the symptoms. It's like we have terminal cancer And all the doctors will do is treat the boils that are popping up on our skin. It's like, no, we have, we have cancer. We need to solve the root problem, which is the cancer, not just, you know, put band-aids on the lesions that the cancer in our bones is creating in our skin. So we have a cancer of crime in this country. We have a cancer of illegal immigration. We have a cancer of the deep state and, and the military industrial complex. Until we can solve those underlying issues, then we'll be stuck in this endless cycle of debates about the wars or debates about gun control and crime and debates about illegal immigration. We need to just solve these problems. So that's one of the most frustrating things is that we could. We could solve these problems. It's not actually impossible. It is a choice. It is a choice we're making to allow these things to continue. Like a, like a doctor that just wants to keep getting paid so he doesn't cure the patient. That is really how it seems. So we're going to finish up talking about Russia here. We're going to talk about what happened in Kansas City yesterday. Uh, Trump is, you know, Trump's, the, the persecution of Trump continues unabated. And there's some updates to multiple trials and legal situations that he has been put in. We'll talk about uh, the economy and some some health news. And if we can, I'd love to get some UFO stuff. That might actually be fun to talk about. But let's finish up with what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. First of all, of course, the big fear-mongering talking point that was released yesterday in a very cinematic way where you had first leaks, rumblings of some danger can't tell you what it is, but there's a threat. It's a terrible threat, but 
that's all we'll tell you for now. And then a little bit more came out. Well, it has something to do with Russia. More speculation, more hair pulling, more freaking out. Well, it might have something to do with Russia in space. And so slowly and surely this story got built, built up, dominated social media yesterday. Today, hardly a word on it in the news. You go to Google News, you go to whatever news aggregator, mainstream media news aggregator you see, nobody's really talking about this threat. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal, actually. It was the biggest deal in the world yesterday. Today, eh, not so much. Very strange. It's almost like they tried another weapons of mass destruction scam, and everybody, like enough people went, eh, we don't think so. And they went, oh, okay, never mind then. We don't know. But the Kremlin responded to this, and I'm reminded of a, a tweet after the, the Putin interview where it was somebody saying, look, I'm not, it's not that I believe Putin. It's that Putin says things that I know to be true. And it's the same thing with Donald Trump, too, where we were watching on election night. We watched the numbers change. We watched the vote counting get shut down only to secretly continue. We watched the vote counters put up barriers to prevent anybody from observing the count taking place. We watched that happen, okay, live. And we talked about it live. We said, look, they're stealing the election right now. Here, it's happening. Let's watch. And then later, Trump says, yeah, they stole the election. And suddenly it becomes, oh, you're just, you just believe Trump's lies about the election. No, I saw it with my own eyes. Trump also apparently saw it, but it's not us believing Trump in the same way when Putin says things that are true about the American-Russian relationship, American actions in Ukraine prior to 2022. When he talks about these things, it's not that I'm believing Putin. It's that I already know these things to be true. And so I know Putin is telling the truth about these. And so when I hear the statement from the Kremlin about the supposed space weapons, it rings true because it's what they're saying is true. So What they say is that the Kremlin dismissed on Thursday a warning by the United States about Moscow's new nuclear capabilities in space, calling it a, quote, malicious fabrication and a trick by the White House aimed at getting U.S. lawmakers to approve more money to counter Russia. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Didn't need the Kremlin to tell me that's what was happening. But sure makes the Kremlin seem honest. Because this is what America does, because... The American regime is desperate to continue to spend our tax money on the war in Ukraine. And since a lot of Americans aren't falling for that anymore, they've fabricated a uh, malicious fabrication and a trick aimed at getting U.S. lawmakers to approve money and counter Russia. The United States told Congress and allies in Europe about new intelligence related to Russian nuclear capabilities that could pose an international threat. A source briefed on the matter told Reuters on Wednesday. And the Kremlin says, quote, it is obvious that the White House is trying by hook or crook to encourage Congress to vote on a bill to allocate money. This is obvious, he said. We'll see what tricks the White House will use. Yeah, he's right. He's right. And it's pretty undeniable because they do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Ukraine, meanwhile, has withdrawn units from parts of Avdivka and they sent in the Azov Brigade. Cut in half by Russians, Avdivka is reinforced by Ukrainian Nazi Azov Battalion. As again, Russia seemed seemed okay with staying where they were, with having the lines drawn as they stood, but then 
when America refused to have any negotiations or any diplomatic dealings with Russia at all. Russia said, okay, well, then we're going to keep going because now we need a buffer zone because if you're not going to make peace, then we need to ensure the safety of the zones that we've captured. Infowars has this story from Dan Lyman. Trump could force Ukraine to make peace, according to the MSM. Republican presidential frontrunner, ex-president Donald Trump, is planning to pressure Ukraine to negotiate peace with Russia if he wins an unexpected rematch against incumbent Joe Biden for the White House. Should Trump become president, he may also retract a number of defense commitments to some NATO allies, according to the reports. People familiar with the matter said Trump advisors had talked about ways of bringing Zelensky to the negotiating table. One advisor, according to Bloomberg, suggested that Washington could push Kiev to engage with Moscow by threatening to cut massive military assistance, adding that Russia could be swayed by the threat of increasing that aid instead. And basically, MSM is, is terrified that Trump might bring peace. Not peace. No, we've got to make money for military contractors. We've got to control the world like psychopaths. Not peace. We can't have peace. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are. And that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. America is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. And it's more important than ever that we get funding. We try to make it easier for you to fund us by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back, folks. This is War Room. Like I said, we are. Oh, you know what? I think I did. I forget to put in the video. I got to put in another video here because uh, we're gonna talk about crime. So we're gonna talk about crime, and I did some. I did some research into some of the stuff being said by KGP Kareen Jean Pierre when she was asked about crime in the nation's capital. So I got to put that video in so I can uh, add context. For the articles that I printed out. So I'm dropping that in right now. We can call that clip 12. 
But we're going to talk about crime, and we're going to start off by talking about what we know about what happened yesterday at the Kansas City Chiefs Parade. Not a lot. Not a lot of information coming out about this, which in itself actually gives us some pretty good information. Because obviously, you've got a, a mass shooting at a major public event with multiple shooters, by the way. So that leaves us with a couple options. Either this was a coordinated, organized attack by some sort of terrorist group, or it was like a gang fight that got out of hand. Somebody stepped on somebody's shoes, and somebody else pulled out a gun and started firing wildly into a crowd with with no reason, with no you know underlying purpose or cause or intent to actually do mass damage, just a, just poor aim, I guess. Which is what actually happened. If it was a white Christian guy, well, that would be plastered everywhere. It's not. So we can assume, and some of the images seem to show, uh, that it was the, the shooters were black and were targeting each other. Newsweek has a strange article title where they say, Who are the Kansas City shooting suspects? What we know... And then there's a complete paucity, a total absence of any information at all in the entire article. So what we what we know is that three people have been detained for questioning in connection to the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl uh, 58 victory parade Wednesday afternoon, according to police. Officials say one person was killed and up to 21 others injured in the shooting, although another story we have has that number at 22 injured and one person killed. Uh, there's actually video of this that took place. Pretty scary stuff. Clip number 10. We can roll as B-roll. These are uh, a video that shows the moments gunfire erupts at the Super Bowl, a bird's eye view as people flee the area. And obviously a, a tragedy in, in more ways than one, right? Not to be flippant about it, but it's kind of the, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have parades. This is why we can't do things that where our community comes together to celebrate something, even something as, you know, in, in, in the long term, in the, in the bird's eye view, uh, sort of meaningless, right? A sports team winning a victory. Not actually anything, you know, you've got other countries where they come together to celebrate meaningful things. But hey, we have football, so we come together for that. And it's an important aspect of the, of the cohesion of our culture and nation and people. But will there ever be one again? We don't know. I mean, I don't know. Will people be, feel safe going to anywhere? I mean, this place had something like 800 police officers trying to keep people safe. And yet a shooting takes place. And really a tragic one. Because of the ages of the people who were shot. 22 people in this, this article from KMBC. I think this is a more up-to-date article from the local Kansas City paper. Graves confirms that the 22 shooting victims ranged from between 8 years old and 47 years old. At least half of the victims are under the age of 16. So pretty tragic, right? So at least seven of these victims were under the age of 16. Seven people under the age of 16 shot as a result of this shooting. And again, is not, not in the character that you typically think of when you hear mass shooting at public event. Sucks that we have something that can be described as typical like that. But, you know, you've got 
the, the typical, the standard idea of like a crazy person, a, a terrorist, uh, somebody who's been radicalized going into a school or going to a public event with a gun with the intention of killing as many people as possible. That doesn't seem to be what happened here. What seemed to have happened here is that there was some sort of fight. People pulled out guns, started trying to shoot each other, and were in the middle of a giant crowd when they did so. Now, the focus in this place, I would like to, I'd like to focus on, uh, and we go to clip 11 here, the heroes that actually tackled the guy. In case you needed a little, a little silver lining to this cloud, a little bit of hope for the future, there are still American men who will throw themselves in the line of fire, put themselves at physical risk to save others. And uh, there's a hell of a lot more of these guys than there are criminal idiots firing guns in a crowd. So I, I want to go to this video, clip number 11. Here's the man who tackled the shooter at the Super Bowl parade. One guy was hollering saying you know stop him or catch him you know tackle him whatever and he's just just bailing running and out of nowhere i heard that guy hollering so i'm just like okay well i'm right here and i just i didn't think about it It just a reaction i didn't hesitate it was just just do it so i went to go tackle him and another gentleman did the same thing and as i'm tackling him i see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and we held him down. And it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman are hollering at ongoers, you know, where's the cops? You know, get the cops over here, get the cops over here. You know, we got them. Yeah, so uh, you know, real life, real life hero. And it's wonderful to see. But obviously, this is not a symptom of guns. Okay, this is not a symptom of radicalization. This is a symptom of crime. This is an expression of the cancer of urban crime in this country, for which Kansas City, Missouri, is is a hot point. Is a place overwhelmed with gun crime and gangs. And the uncomfortable truth about this is that it's largely a black phenomenon. These shooters were black as far as we can tell from the photos, but again, the media is not reporting on it, which is A, evidence that they are a minority of some sort because that's the only time they withhold that type of information. But there's pictures people have published of a black guy sitting on the ground being arrested and they say, here's the shooter, but there's no, there's no confirmation of that. So I can't say that uh, for sure, but... I'd bet a lot of money on it. And we're going to talk a little bit here about just the poison of racial politics, which I know might sound strange because here I am bringing race into it, but the point is that the reason we're in this situation is because of the focus on race. The reason that crime is out of control is because racially motivated policies have allowed criminals to run rampant. And it's not good. One of the things that has to do with Kansas City in particular is Operation Legend, or Legend, L-E-G-E-N-D. It was named after a four-year-old kid named Legend, but the, the G is capitalized. Anyway, this was a 
policy of Donald Trump to send in federal law enforcement to places that had defunded the local police following the George Floyd riots. Okay, so this is the Wikipedia page. Trump began deploying federal law enforcement agents to fight violent crime in the wake of the George Floyd protest. For Operation Legend, agents from various federal agencies were deployed to aid and assist city and county law enforcement officers. So you've got George Floyd overdosing on fentanyl, right? You've got the George Floyd movement defunding the police, violent crime exploding because of that racialized, very stupid policy of defunding the police. Donald Trump institutes Operation Legend to use federal resources to make up for that because, again, defunding the police really means two things, privatizing the police and federalizing the police. And in this case, it was federalizing the police. This was a effective, very effective operation, Operation Legend, that was immediately ended as soon as President Biden got into office, despite it having huge success specifically in somewhere like Kansas City, Missouri. Five days after Mayor Lucas's letter was sent, the United States Department of Justice announced that Operation Legend initiative on July 8, 2020 to bring federal law enforcement agents to Kansas City to assist local authorities with combating crime. So as soon as Biden got into office, he withdrew that federal support and the violent crime rate spiked in Kansas. And what we saw yesterday was an outgrowth of that, was an expression of that tolerance of violent crime and the proliferation of gangs and criminal elements that almost inevitably we'll end up doing something like this. So we'll get back into this on the other side, talk about how this is a nationwide phenomenon and how the Democrats aren't done. They have more racialized policies to further eliminate law enforcement in this country to make it more dangerous because they're dumb. We'll be right back. Hello, Americans. I want to share with you a story, a story about inflammation the silent menace that lurks within our bodies, affecting our health and well-being. Inflammation, the root cause of countless ailments, quietly wreaking havoc over time. Long-term exposure to inflammation has been linked to a myriad of health issues, from heart disease to arthritis, even cognitive decline. But fear not, for there's a beacon of hope found in the wisdom of nature, a remedy that has stood the test of time, turmeric. And now I present to you Baudis from InfoWarsStore.com, a powerful blend crafted with precision, boasting 95% curcuminoids extracted from turmeric. It's good for your heart, your brain, everything. It is 40% off, back in stock, Baudis Ultimate Turmeric Formula, InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you watched American Journal yesterday, you know I spent quite a while on this very topic against my will, essentially, because, well, we were talking about interracial crime in particular. I'm just like an hour on it. I don't like showing these videos. I don't like, it's upsetting to me, like it's upsetting to everybody. I don't, uh, you know, glory in uh, showing this stuff or, or even talking about it, but Everybody else is too scared to talk about it, so I guess we have to. Everybody else is afraid of looking racist when in reality, just thinking about it like anybody should, 
when you have a community in your nation that is racked with violent crime, that is overwhelmingly the victim and perpetrator of violent crime to an obscene degree, that's a problem that you should want to solve. And you can't solve a problem without first diagnosing it. Going back to like the cancer metaphor, it's like people are too, they're like so scared of the cancer that they can't tell you you have cancer. So how are you ever going to do the things you need to do to solve the thing that's killing you if the doctor is like afraid to tell you what's actually happening? So we have a problem in this country with black crime. And I, I, I hate even having to do this little disclaimer thing, but again, anytime you talk about race, it is just the, the nature of the conversation that people will assume that you're being racist. I just want to make it clear. I want everyone in this country to be able to be safe. I want everyone to be able to go to parades without getting shot and go to the corner store at 3 a.m. without being raped. That's all I want, and I want that for black people just like I want it for white people. But the problem is overwhelmingly in the black community. From the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence, black Americans account for 60% of firearm homicides each year. Black people continue to be disproportionately affected by gun violence as they account for 60% of all firearm homicides, yet make up just 14% of the population, according to a new study. But of course, it's not the old black folks or the black women that are doing it. So really, you're down to about 6% of the population being young black men accounting for 60% of the firearm homicides. The Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence analyzed firearm mortality rate uh, data from the Center for uh, Disease Control and Prevention between 2017 and 2021. Researchers found that the average firearm mortality homicide rate for black people of all ages was 21.05 per 100,000 people compared with 1.93 per 100,000 for non-Hispanic white people. So 21 versus 2 massive, massive disparity. The largest disparity was in the 18 to 24 age group where black people had a firearm mortality rate of 58.78 per 100,000 people compared with 3.1 per 100,000 for white people in that same age group. So again, the comparison between black and white for the 18 to 24 age group, 3.1 per 100,000 for whites, 59 per 100,000 for blacks, three versus 59. So again, massive massive, overwhelming overrepresentation. CNN Health also just published this chart, firearm homicide rates by race, and they go through state by state, uh, I guess starting with the worst, but Missouri, white 2.77, black 59.42, Michigan, white 1.52, black 49.14. So again, similar disparities across the board, When divided by race, they give you the difference here, 56.65 or 47.62. Again, massive disparity. Now, this is, I believe, victims of homicide, but it's because the victims usually match the race of the perpetrators. It's not black people being gunned down by white people. It is black people being gunned down by black people. So that's a big problem, and it's only going to get worse. So I'm about to get into, on the other side, some of the... uh, New policies being pursued by the idiot racist leftists in their seemingly purposeful pursuit of just the most murder they can possibly get. What's the real threat to America? Is it Russian space lasers or is it Democrat policy? Yeah, we'll answer that on the other side. Stay with us. 
war room with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. You'll never solve a problem if you can't identify it first. If you divide violent crime by race in America, if you exclude black and Hispanic perpetrators, America has a similar violent crime rate to places like Denmark or Sweden. Especially gun, gun violence. The overwhelming representation of Americans in violent crime and, and gun violence in particular is driven almost entirely by gang activity and almost entirely by African-American gang activity. If you can't identify the problem, you'll never solve it. And as we, as we just showed you, it's not just the overwhelming representation at this point, 14% of the population committing 60% of the firearm violence. But obviously, they are also the overwhelming victims of this violence. So again, it's, it's, we're in this bizarre situation where race is so, is so fraught in this country. It's so, it's so sensitive that you can't talk about it, but okay, then we're not going to solve it. It just makes no sense. So obviously, following the shooting at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade, the calls for gun control inevitably follow when that's not actually the issue. It's not actually the problem. The problem is unpunished crime. The problem is criminal gangs. The problem is a lack of any positive culture in the black community right now. And whether that's because of the you know, music that gets produced, I mean, we know we know that a lot of the music that's produced, the the violent, you know, the violent rap, all that sort of stuff, like it's it's on purpose, it's by design, and you know it's by design because a lot of times the people that are making that make this music aren't criminals. Sometimes they are, but most of the time, you know, somebody like Lil Wayne. Dude's got a college degree, right? They make money. He's not out there shooting people. He's not out there doing drugs. But that's what his music is filled with. So they know it's not good. They know it's not good for them. It's not good for anybody. But the producers of the music push that. Whatever it is, if we can't talk about it, then we'll never solve it. So uh, I guess, is this Kelsey? Yeah, Travis Kelsey. There need to be more strict gun laws, especially when toddlers are dying. We can't have that in our communities. But once again, just like a lot of the shooting that takes place in America, the people with the guns shouldn't have guns anyway. Most of them are felons. Most of them are have something that means they shouldn't have guns in the first place. So more laws aren't going to help when the laws on the books don't stop them. So this doesn't make any sense. The people that would stop would be the legal gun owners who aren't the problem. So again, if you can't identify the problem, then you're offering solutions for something completely different. Doesn't stop them. They say the same thing over and over. Democrat California Governor Newsom, we need to pass constitutional amendment against guns. 
California's Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom responded to the tragic shooting at Kansas City's Super Bowl parade in Missouri Wednesday by suggesting America add to its constitution anti-gun measures already prohibited by the Founding Fathers' historic document. Story at Infowars.com by Kellen McBreen. Newsom shared a video of press conference briefing by Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves telling reporters, people who came to the celebration should expect a safe environment. This tragedy occurred even in the presence of uniformed officers. The government shared uh, the governor shared her quote and said, we cannot accept accept the status quo. We need to pass a constitutional amendment to prevent gun violence nationwide. What does that what does that even mean? You've got gangbangers getting into fights and crowds and, and shooting wildly at children as if they would stop and go, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. This is against the Constitution, what we're doing. It's already against the Constitution to shoot people. You know that, right? Do they know that? California, of course, boasts the highest number of mass shootings of any state in the country while having some of the most extreme gun control in the nation. None of this seems to ever make sense. Another thing that never makes sense, they're calling for President Biden put out a uh, tweet today saying we have to stop, you know, we have to get rid of uh, assault rifles, assault weapons, whatever he calls them. Okay, but the shooting at Kansas City, I'm fairly certain, uh, was with handguns. So this is like the insanity. You've got people shooting, like people with illegally purchased guns, handguns shooting, and the solution these people offer, the Democrats offer, is we have to make it harder to legally get guns and we have to eliminate assault rifles. So they want to implement laws that would do absolutely nothing to prevent the event that they are using to justify the laws. And they do it with statistics as well. They'll show you the statistics of gun crime in the country, which is vastly, the vast majority of which is done with pistols, and they'll use that number and say, see, we have to get rid of assault rifles, which makes up a tiny little sliver of the gun crime. Hardly even noticeable. More people get killed by hammers every year. So just, you know, taking our, our, our cancer metaphor, I mean, this is literally somebody dying from cancer, desperately treating themselves for lupus. It's like, okay, well, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work because you're not identifying the correct underlying cause of all of this. And again, it's important to mention race in all of this because that's what Democrats are using to justify the actions that are making that's making everything worse. How do I present? I'll present this one first, okay? S- uh, San Francisco poll finds most voters want police to get facial recognition drones. See, if you don't put the criminals in jail, you have to live in a jail. If you don't lock up the shoplifters, you have to put cages around the items in the store. And if you don't put your criminals in prison, then you have to take extreme measures like have facial recognition drones flying around everywhere. So I don't want to live in a surveillance state. I don't want to live in a world where we have drones flying around scanning our faces. That just opens up a barrel of worms that we don't want to have to deal with but that's the extremity to which these people are going because they refuse to acknowledge the real underlying problems here a new poll released by the san francisco chamber of commerce found that a majority of voters support a citywide ballot initiative that would give the san francisco police department more latitude to conduct vehicle vehicle pursuits and give surveillance technology to apprehended suspects and use surveillance 
technology to apprehend subjects. The poll released Wednesday shows that 61% of respondents support Proposition E, which is one of the measures that London, Mayor London Breed pla- placed on the March 5th ballot. Only 37% of respondents said they opposed the measure. Under current policy set by San Francisco's police commission, police officers may initiate a vehicle pursuit only if they believe there's either a fleeing suspect has committed a violent felony or if the person poses an immediate risk to public safety. Chicago has similar rules where you have to actually radio in and get permission to pursue a subject even on foot. And the solution is surveillance technology, surveillance drones flying around scanning faces. Wonderful. Which, again, you know, whether this is on purpose or whether it's just a natural outcome of problem, reaction, solution, but these people want a surveillance state. They want technology to track and control the population. And then they put into place beef on the police and other pro-crime policies that bring about a situation of desperation in which people are happy to welcome the dystopian, hellish control grid because they just want to be safe. Now, that's San Francisco, which obviously implemented a lot of anti-police activity. I mean, San Francisco is one of the places where they say, we will no longer be publishing pictures of suspects because it can be deemed racist, right? Because the suspects are overwhelmingly black, not white. And so they call that racist and then refuse to publish the pictures, meaning the criminals are more likely to get away meaning they're more likely to commit more crimes, meaning you're just making the problem worse on the basis of race. They're making these decisions on the basis of race, which is why we can't avoid the topic. Chicago is going even further. So drones that can scan your face, sort of a horrifying advancement into the dystopian surveillance grid. But there's other technology that you can use that doesn't violate your Fourth Amendment rights or violate your right to privacy or violate anything, but can be extremely effective in making things safer or helping to guide police as they pursue suspects. One of these things is called shot spotter. Shot spotter equipment is a surveillance technology, but it uses acoustic centers, uh, sensors rather, to detect and locate gunshots, alerting law enforcement in real time. So there's basically there's microphones everywhere. And when a gunshot goes off, the microphone dings and you have three microphones or more and you can triangulate where the shot came from. So you can get a real time instant update. The police get an alert. A bullet was just fired at this intersection and they can go and be dispatched and see what's going on without anybody even having to call them. Now, there's not a lot of ways that this could be misused. I mean, I, it's microphones, but they're they're not really sensitive enough to pick up voices. Like, it's not, it's not a surveillance technology that you typically think about. It's more of a, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty pure, right? It just, it's, it hears the gunshot and it triangulates where the gunshot is. Not a lot of rights being violated in that case. But Chicago is getting rid of this. Chicago is shutting this down and scrapping this system. Why? Because the shot spotter system sends police to black communities and Hispanic communities more than white communities. So because black and Hispanic communities shoot guns more and so are therefore more often identified, 
it's all just completely insane. And it's only getting worse. So when you talk about what the biggest threat to America is, Joe Biden will tell you it's white supremacy. Madness. The powers that be will tell you it's Russian space nukes. Total false flag. But this is this is the world we live in. Real problems are just made worse by the policies of these people who then invent fake problems that they try to solve for no reason or really create actual problems that we then have to deal with. And that's the, the ultimate thing here. And uh, before we get to the way that immigration is helping just give us a whole new, an endless uh, uh, replenishment, a supply of criminals. I want to go to that video of Corrine Jean-Pierre because she was asked about violent crime in D.C. and gave a typically democratic, that is to say, moronic answer. So let's go now to that clip of Corrine Jean-Pierre being asked about the just massive crime in every major city, but in particular, in this case, the capital. Here in the district, it is not. There were 274 homicides here in the District of Columbia in 2023. That's the highest murder rate in more than two decades since 1997. This is the president's home, at least a few days a week. What can he do uh, personally about reducing the level of crime that we're seeing here in the nation's capital. So let me just be very clear. All violent crime, not just here, all violent crime anywhere is completely unacceptable. We just want to make that very clear here. Um, you know, every community uh, in this country should feel safe, uh, want, to be, want to be safe, uh, and so that's important. But I will say this, you know, congressional Republicans, they don't seem to feel that way. And I say this because the president has taken action. From the first piece of legislation that he signed into law, American Rescue Plan, only Democrats voted for that. Republicans didn't vote for that. There was billions of dollars in that plan to deal with crime, to make sure there were law, more law enforcement in communities, uh, to make sure that communities are able to, uh, to, to, keep, uh, to keep families and Americans safe. They didn't vote for that. Okay, so just so we're clear here, when asked about the overwhelming crime spike that occurred as a direct consequence to the far leftist insanity program of defunding the police because police is racist, y'all. She blames Republicans. She blamed Republicans for that. And this just goes back to just the, the utter madness that I, I struggle to deal with on a daily basis where you have a year of Democrats saying – defund the police and that in the first place you're like wait what the hell are you talking about that's crazy that's a crazy thing to say but they get these bills passed in like two weeks things get obviously worse for a year we're sitting here going stop defunding the police look at the murder rates look how they're spiking please stop defunding the police this is retarded what are you doing and then through some sort of weird rhetorical alchemy Suddenly it becomes, well, the Republicans don't like the FBI, so actually it's the Republicans that want to defund the police, and they didn't vote for the American Rescue Plan, so it's their fault that crime happened in the city. Here's an issue with that, though. It did pass, he did sign it into law, and crime is worse than ever before. So essentially what you're saying is this hallmark anti-crime supposedly bill that 
Biden signed into law was completely ineffective and didn't help at all. So Republicans were probably right to vote against it because it passed anyway and crime is still terrible and it did nothing to mitigate that. On top of that, when you actually look in to the American Rescue Plan, it had very little money for law enforcement, money that wasn't even necessary in the first place because these cities deliberately bankrupted their police departments. So it wasn't like necessary. It wasn't like they're like, we're trying to hire police and we just don't have money. Please, federal government, give us money to hire police. They had plenty of money. They had big police departments and they cut them in half. So not, not even necessary in the first place. And then, of course, when they do offer money to neighborhoods or cities to hire police, it wasn't to hire police. It was to hire like community intervention experts, social workers, right? It was not to hire police for the most part. It was billions of dollars for ridiculous nonsense that did nothing because it did pass. It did get implemented. It has been two years since it or three years at this point since it was put into place. And crime is just as bad as ever. So so they're blaming Republicans for the crime in Democratic cities because Republicans didn't vote on the bill that passed and didn't lower crime. I mean, this is the just we're, it's all so stupid. It's all just so stupid. So if you actually look at the uh, American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, uh, was it about crime? Was this an attempt for Democrats to wrestle back law and order from the Republicans who were defunding? No, it was called the uh, COVID-19 stimulus package. Actually, it was about COVID-19. So just nothing about this is honest in the slightest, not even a little bit. But it did get passed, and uh, some money went towards or relief obviously a vast majority of it or a vast amount of it was stolen straight up and there's article after article about that uh, money being taken from the so-called covid funds to pay for illegal immigration and so much other but if you just search american rescue plan and go through some of the headlines you find 15 million dollars in the american rescue plan went to fund anti-racism and social activism program for kids see this is what she means this is the stuff that this is the billions of dollars that she means New York Museum received $50,000 in ARP funds to build a bronze park statue that addresses black masculinity. Great. So again, this did pass. So, I mean, it got implemented. So how she can even say that it's Republicans' fault for not voting on the thing that still got implemented, just it's all so stupid. $825,000 in the American Rescue Plan funds went to oral historians researching anti-racism and Latinx histories. Wonderful, wonderful. Of course, it drove up uh, inflation massively. American Rescue Plan funds went to LGBTQ Center that hosted Drag Queen Story Hour for kids at public library. So this is what the Republicans were voting against. It passed anyway. The money was dispersed. The crime did not get better. And now as crime continues to spiral out of control, the Democrats that put this into place, this totally ineffective, nonsensical COVID relief bill are claiming it's Republicans' faults for not voting on it. Just, just try to wrap your mind around that one, folks. Of course, George Soros has a lot to do with this, funding DAs, funding police departments, funding organizations, lobbying to defund the police because, I remind you again, police is racist, y'all. Listening to gunshots is racist as well. Showing pictures of people who commit crime, that's racist. 
looking at stats and dividing it by race, obviously racist. Stats, mathematics, that's racist, you guys. And this is actually a pretty cool story. Gateway Pundit, Miss Pittsburgh, the Queen of Pittsburgh, creates Survivor Pack to stop Soros-funded pro-crime politicians. So while we don't have billionaires with infinite money to fund the destruction of our country, we don't have the billionaires to counteract that, we can combine our forces and hopefully mitigate some of the damage done by people like George Soros and the Democrats who have seemingly done everything possible to bring about violence, chaos, and misery so they can implement surveillance, control, and have us live in an open-air prison rather than putting the criminals in prison once and for all. And we'll get into how illegal immigrants are contributing to this on the other side, so stay with us, folks. Hello, Americans. I want to share with you a story, a story about inflammation, the silent menace that lurks within our bodies, affecting our health and well-being. Inflammation, the root cause of countless ailments, quietly wreaking havoc over time. Long-term exposure to inflammation has been linked to a myriad of health issues, from heart disease to arthritis, even cognitive decline. But fear not, for there's a beacon of hope found in the wisdom of nature, a remedy that has stood the test of time, turmeric. And now I present to you Baudis from InfoWarsStore.com, a powerful blend crafted with precision, boasting 95% curcuminoids extracted from turmeric. It's good for your heart, your brain, everything. It is 40% off, back in stock, Baudis Ultimate Turmeric Formula, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, apparently Fannie Willis is making a fool of herself in this trial about her corruption. Drew's going to grab some clips from that. We'll bring you that later in the show. I was hoping to open up the phone lines today, but I don't know if I will be able to because we're going to continue talking about uh, crime and the deliberate creation of just horrible, horrible uh, crime and and just everything in this country. We'll we'll continue to do that in this segment. We're also going to talk about what's going on in Israel and just a lot of other stuff to, to get into, so... So the question that we were discussing during the nights of the InfoWars roundtable on the Alex Jones show today was what is the biggest threat to America? Is it Russian space nukes? Is it Iran? Is it white supremacy? Or is it things that are real and actually destroying our country? The answer is obvious. The answer is undeniable. The answer is basically Democrat policy. It's it's Democrat policy. It's leftist, Democrat, deconstructionist, communistic, equality policy that is making everything more dangerous, that is allowing criminals off the hook, 
that is diverting resources towards things that don't hurt anybody, like investigations into domestic terrorists and white supremacists that don't exist, while our inner cities collapse into murderous hellholes. And if that wasn't bad enough, you've got the Democrat policy of the open border being taken advantage of by everybody from the Chinese who have sent tens of thousands of people across the border just over the last few months, hundreds a day crossing adult men in nice clothes, nice luggage, a roller backpack. We're expected to believe this dude is escaped. He's claiming asylum because he's escaping China in his galoshes with his roller back. He, He rolled his roller backpack on the dusty road from Panama to the southern border. It's an invasion. There's an invasion taking place. So when you want to talk about threats on the geopolitical sphere, whether it's terrorists coming in or Chinese behind enemy lines subversives being sent here, as the report from John Bound that we opened the show with today talked about, that's a major issue. But then on just the crime side of things, not only do you have 14% of the population committing 60% of the gun violence, but you also have basically every major city specifically writing laws to allow that to happen longer. And now we've got this new little issue. South American crime wave, crime rings have spread across America, stealing millions, just like we've warned from BizPack Review. More and more communities are starting to be alerted to the rise in organized theft by criminal illegal aliens. BizPack Review first broached the topic in December, noting that at that time, transnational organized crime groups from South America were burglarizing an increasing number of homes across America. We actually have a news report about this happening, I believe, outside of Chicago. Let's go to clip number eight here, talking about the way that illegal immigrants who have been allowed across our border have been brought here by the UN, by our funds, our tax dollars have gone to organizations who bring these people into the country. Our tax dollars are paid for the lawyers that argue that they deserve asylum. Our border patrol is the one busing them further into the country and giving them plane tickets and thousands of dollars, but it's not enough. They see America as a, as a, a big CVS. Just get in there and loot as much as you can. There's no punishment for it. And even the uh, former FBI assistant director is... is making these pretty dire warnings about this. But first, let's go to clip eight here. Organized gang of illegal migrants have stolen millions outside Chicago. Or Detroit, rather. Community at the Country Club of Detroit in Gross Point Farms. The organized burglary teams hitting here over the last weekend. And if a home backs up to trees or woods, it becomes a target. Thieves hiding there until they see their chance. Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard first sounded the alarm in September after huge homes in Bloomfield Township were hit, then homes on private drives in Birmingham. The losses were in the millions. In our area, they are targeting jewelry, precious metals, high-end items such as purses, um, electronics, 
currency, high-end watches, and if there's a safe that's not attached or they can either break into on scene or carry, they'll do that. Now remember, a team was arrested and charged in Bloomfield Township with a string of car break-ins and some burglaries. But tonight, sources continue to point to what the sheriff pointed to at the very start, that other organized teams out of South America have been hitting high-end homes out west and now have made their home right here. Typically in our area, it's between 5 and 9 p.m., uh, preferred targets on a lot of these across the country are homes that are isolated. They back up to wooded areas, trails, golf courses. Here's another thing that we're not hearing or seeing in these high-end burglaries. Look, there's no video of these guys. There's video cameras everywhere, especially on these homes, but they're able to get around that somehow. There are alarm systems all over these homes, in the homes, outside of the homes. They're getting around that too. You know how they're getting around that? This BizPack Review article tells you Bouchard explains they're using jammers to bypass wireless security systems that rely on Wi-Fi. So they're going full South Africa where they have signal jamming backpacks that they wear that jam Wi-Fi internet and surveillance equipment to make their thievery go more smoothly. And this is happening all over the place. Uh, in this story alone, uh, they talk about, of course, as we just saw, outside of uh, Detroit. Uh, you also have West Whiteland Township in Pennsylvania. The detective there saying they're taking advantage of coming into the U.S. and committing these crimes and being able to disappear to some degree. We don't even know they exist, so how you're supposed to track them down? It doesn't make any sense. He told the station he's seen at least three separate groups of criminal illegal alien thieves targeting his community as of late. You also have in New Orleans, in Louisiana, in the city of Kenner, which is right next to New Orleans, the chief has already well-documented the fact that illegals in the city of Kenner are basically recruiting the young juveniles that come into the country to basically become criminals. And again, we'll show you a video on the other side of, a, of the former FBI uh, uh, leader talking about this. And he, he mentions all of this that, you know, they know things like, well, minors are basically never sent to jail. You know, we don't want to have the school to prison pipeline. So they actually recruit minors to do the crimes because even if they get caught, they're not going to go to jail, at least not for very long and certainly not going to be deported. In New York City, Venezuelan gang members on mopeds were snatching people's phones, using the financial information on them to rob their victims and then sending the phones to South America to be wiped and sold. You also have stories of criminal gangs from Florida going to New York, committing crimes, and then going to Florida to spend the money because they know that if they were to rob people in Florida, they would actually get arrested and deported. But in New York, they can get away with it. So this is a highly sophisticated criminal operation being facilitated by our own government. So once again, whether it's the overwhelming gun violence and random violent crime happening in inner cities because... Democrats decided police is racist or uh, hearing gunshots is racist or whether it's the open border policies of the Democrats that have allowed in criminal gangs that are now running roughshod and see America as basically an undefended cookie jar there for their ex exploitation and looting. It's Democrat policy or whether it's the open border allowing China or Iran to send agents across our border to wait for instructions. We're allowing this to happen. We're just simply allowing 
facilitating and encouraging this wholesale destruction of our sense of safety, of our freedom. I mean, you can't be free if freedom means that people are going to be breaking into your house and stealing millions of dollars of jewelry. You can't be free if going to a parade means you're going to get shot. So either this continues unabated or we start living in a a prison system. Hello, Americans. I want to share with you a story, a story about inflammation, the silent menace that lurks within our bodies, affecting our health and well-being. Inflammation, the root cause of countless ailments, quietly wreaking havoc over time. Long-term exposure to inflammation has been linked to a myriad of health issues, from heart disease to arthritis, even cognitive decline. But fear not, for there's a beacon of hope found in the wisdom of nature, a remedy that has stood the test of time, turmeric. And now I present to you Baudis from InfoWarsStore.com, a powerful blend crafted with precision, boasting 95% curcuminoids extracted from turmeric. It's good for your heart, your brain, everything. It is 40% off, back in stock, Baudis Ultimate Turmeric Formula, InfoWarsStore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at Point Blank Range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the New World Order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Infowars.com forward slash show. We got some great videos to show you just ahead. Some Fannie Willis clips coming out that will really destroy any remnant of hope you had for the future of this hellish nonsense we call daily life in America. But let's continue. Let's continue to talk about just the the cancer that is liberal leftist politics in this country. Or rather, it's more like, to, to stick with the, perhaps abuse the analogy, if crime and lawlessness, chaos, misery, and violence, if this is the cancer that America is suffering through, the liberals and the leftists are the doctors that are injecting you with plutonium. They're not curing the cancer. They're accelerating it. Now, if you kept going to a doctor for cancer treatments and every time you followed their prescription, the cancer got significantly worse, would you keep going to that doctor? Why do Americans keep electing these people? Why can they not 
see what's happening here. And it's always because they've somehow been tricked. I don't get it. I don't get what hypnotism is taking place. I don't understand what mind control I'm somehow immune to, but my fellow Americans are, are subject to to an overwhelming degree that convinces people that it is somehow moral and good and that their sympathies are required to allow this to happen. In other words, you can talk about the crime illegal immigrants cause. You can talk about the overwhelming of resources that illegal immigrants cause. You can talk about the fact that illegal immigrants, by definition, have violated the law to get here and should be expelled. And they'll say to you, these are asylum seekers. They're refugees. To which the obvious response is, no, they're not. They're just not. I, I don't I, I don't know how you I don't know why you think they are, but Hitler is not in charge of Mexico right now. Okay? There is no war going on south of our border. These people are not fleeing from an oppressive government. That's trying to kill them. That's who these refugee asylum laws were made for. Not these people. Not the people coming across the border. Just like it's not nice or or beneficent or empathetic to get rid of technology that tries to identify gunshots because the places where the gunshot is is inhabited by black people. So I don't know why they think they're being empathetic. They think they're being good. They think we have some sort of moral obligation to accept crime gangs and, and waves of criminals coming across the border and a system collapsing under the weight of this. They think we have to experience that because I, I guess in their mind to not succumb to this, to not subject ourselves to this means that we are like like field goal kicking babies across the border. Like it's poor, you know, yeah, maybe a hundred people are criminals, but one of those people is a, somebody fleeing an abusive husband. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? What is going on here? We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to give in to these people. We don't have to, we don't owe these people anything. We're not obligated to destroy our country in order to serve people that are lying about being asylum seekers. Just like we don't have to destroy our country to serve people who are lying about crime rates being racist or police being racist. This is not, this is utter and complete nonsense. And yet it goes on and on. So we're going to go to clip number three now. It's, it's a bit of a longer clip, but I think the whole thing is important. And he mentions a lot of interesting topics in this. Uh, it's the former FBI director. But just, just, bef- just before we do that, because this, is, this does have to do with illegal immigration, this story from the Gateway Pundit is from back in July of 2022, but it was reposted by Hernando Arce. And it talks about the sheer amount of money being spent in one American city. And when you understand that these people, because it's not their money, because it's your money, because it's tax money, they are using illegal immigration as an excuse to rob us by millions. And by the way, the people that are doing this are providing services for Border Patrol and are providing the city with housing for illegal immigrants. They're both massively overcharging for the services that they're doing and the people in 
the city are probably getting kickbacks. There's, there's probably some corruption going on where they go, oh, yeah, let's rent a hotel room. Usually renting a hotel room is 200 bucks a night. But because it's illegal immigrants, we'll charge $2,000 a night and then I'll get 100 bucks of that. Like it's just criminality on, on a massive scale. The city of San Antonio sold the former city public service vacant customer service center on 7,000 San Pedro Avenue for $5 million to KEM Texas Limited, controlled by Paul S. Covey and his son Kevin Covey. Based on Kevin Covey's social media account, they're initially from Monterey, Mexico. Okay, so they sold this building to some Mexicans who then agreed to lease it back to them to house people coming across the border from Mexico. The lease terms are a base rent of $81,819 and an estimated additional rent for the common area of $31,000 per month. San Antonio is paying $112,000 a month to house 700 illegal immigrants. And they're paying it to a Mexican corporation who owns this company. $112,000 a month. All right. With that, let's go to clip number three, former FBI assistant director on Fox News. The New York Post reports agents arrested 41 members of Venezuela's most violent gang in the last fiscal year alone. Law enforcement officials say they may be joining forces with the notorious MS-13 gang. Chris Swecker is a former FBI assistant director. He set up the first international task force to fight MS-13. But if you take MS-13 and you add it to this train de Aragua, I hope I'm saying that correctly, although I don't think they deserve my respect in terms of pronunciation. But we need to know what could possibly be coming here. And Venezuelans, they basically got the free pass to come into America from the Biden administration. Yeah, we're, we're in big trouble here. I mean, the, these are two of the most dangerous gangs on the planet. They are prison spawn gangs. They, they come out of the muck and the slime of these South American prisons, which are their stronghold. They are on the lowest rung of the evolutionary ladder when it comes to organized crime. That means they're all strictly street crime, which is dangerous. They bring with them just mindless, knuckle-dragging violence. They kill with knives and machetes. MS-13 is well-established. They're going to be the more dominant of the two gangs. They've been here for quite a while. And as you say, Dana, we knocked them down in, in uh, late 2000s with, a, with a, just an international effort. But now they're coming back in and they're reestablishing themselves. And that bodes ill for law enforcement across the country. We're going to be living with this crime wave for decades And I believe that Venezuela is emptying their prisons deliberately and sending these people up here, just like Castro did in the 80s. The Venezuelans encounter at the southern border totaling 144,000. That doesn't mean they're all gang members. Of course not. But we know in the United States that MS-13 has 10,000 gang members already here. What is their main issue? Do they are they selling drugs? I know they terrorize people with violence. Right. They, they are, you know, they're not like La Cosa Nostra where they do more sophisticated crime like bid rigging or, or labor racketeering or the Russians that do ransomware and, and that type of crime. These are strictly, they're, they're relegated to the streets. So they're stealing cell phones, organized retail theft, robberies, prostitution, low level street crime, but they will kill you over nothing. Okay. So and let me ask you, Chris, and this is, and this is speculation. So let me be clear about that. 
But we had those police officers in Times Square breaking up what they thought was possibly a pickpocketing situation. They were Venezuelan migrants. These are the ones who escaped without having to pay bail and maybe got apprehended again. There's only one who, and that, you remember the one who flipped everybody the double right. bird on his way out of court. Could that possibly be a part of this, as you say, low-level crime? Highly likely. One of their techniques is they use juveniles. They like to use juveniles. One of those assailants, one of the main assailants was 15 years old. I can tell you if they aren't card-carrying gang members, they are under the influence of card-carrying gang members. And, and again, it, w- what they bring with them is a crime wave, essentially. And we saw that happen in Miami in the 80s after Marielle Boatlift. This will stay with us for quite a while. And law enforcement better better mount up and get on top of this because these are these are very dangerous. Just problem after problem criminals. after problem created by the Democratic policies. We need to get rid of these people politically. And uh, we'll be back on the other side to show you some clips from Fannie Willis. Some some humor. We'll inject some humor into this uh, cascade of madness. It is funny what she says. She's Please go to infowarstore.com and get amazing products. Like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser is a signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you.